I, I love it. You know, uh, we, David Taylor is the former CEO of Procter and Gamble. And he told us one time, none of us is better than all of us. Mm. Isn't that a great line? It is. You're giving me some good lines here, Bob. Dude, I'm just a good listener. Um, none of us is better than all of us. And, you know, that, that culture of like truly listening, truly trying to understand. You said such a, you said two important words to me. One was empathy, right? And then the other one was relationship. And it takes time to build relationships. And you make such a great point too about the homogeneous groups getting out of the gate quickly. Sure, right? Because they have, they, they can find their common threads much more easily, yeah. right? But then you think about, you know, a beautiful quilt that's got all these patterns and colors, it's probably harder to make one of those than just a, a solid green thing. But man, once you get that quilt, it's, it's, it's a work of art. It's just harder to get there, but the, the, the benefit is worth the effort. So I really like how you, how you were sharing about that, getting out of the gate faster, slower, but hang on, because one of them is going to take you to a completely different and better place. Yes. So... That's cool. Um, so we talked about, um, you know, the relationship extends beyond the the career or the you know, our time there. And you used the line about not holding good talent hostage, which which and, and helping people really unlock their potential. Could you yes. could you unpack that idea a little bit? Yes. Uh, so that kind of goes to you know sometimes you got to go to grow. Um, a lot of times as leaders the top talent is probably looking to grow and possibly go. You want to keep them because everything's working well for you. Um, but I think if you're really dedicating into in, in developing people and helping them reach their success path, I didn't say career path or career development, but their success path. A success path is going to be full of pivots, turns, and twists because where I am today, I probably would not have told you this when I finished, uh, right. when I graduated from Furman University. So that was a success path that got me here. Our career path is very linear, is, is very one plus one plus one. That's not life. Life doesn't come at us like that. And so when you think about not holding good talent hostage, it's knowing that I have partnered with you and you have been able to achieve this outcome. And what's better than seeing someone that you've helped either shape, mold, or guide become an expert and get to the next level? But I would even say, be better than I am. I think that's the ultimate goal for me. I don't want people to be almost as good as me. I want people to be better than me. If I could, if I could contribute to your success in that type of way, because people have done that for me. I think about my parents um, and what they achieved in life. They are all, they made me who I am, but I'm sure I have surpassed what they wanted for me or what they wanted for themselves. We want each generation to be better than the next. And so mm -hmm. I think you should take that same concept into the people that you are leading in the workplace. I want you to be better than the next. I want you to be better than me. And so don't hold good talent hostage. When you see, cause you can see the signs where they're, you know, they're looking for something else. They're looking to be stretched further. And you're probably thinking, well, the only other way you can get stretched is to take my job. Okay. And you're kind of like, well, I'm not going anywhere, but your network can help them find your job at another organization yes. and then continue to grow and climb the corporate ladder. Well, I tell you what, that takes a, a lot of courage to do that and, and a lot of confidence because, you know, if, if you feel threatened by that, that's going to be a very challenging move 
for somebody to make. But I'm so glad that you referenced your parents because as you were talking right before you said that, I was thinking, this is like being a parent. You get more joy out of seeing your children do well than you do. Any parent knows that that's a true statement. You get yes. more joy out of seeing your children do well. And as a leader, I get great joy out of seeing my teammates or my clients do well. I mean, that makes me really happy. I get a little bit of a dopamine when I'm doing okay, but when somebody that I've poured into takes off, it doesn't get better than that. Yes. I'm, I'm a, uh, I, t- I think I've shared uh, before, like my daughters have been the greatest teachers to me and mm-hmm. personally and professionally. And so while I, I don't think that the workplace is, is like this family unit, but it is a place where we spend a lot of time and it is a place where we want to invest in people. And it is a place where we want to see people be successful, but similar to a family unit, we may have some rough patches, but that means we just need to slow down and be intentional with our communication. I'm big on like, okay, let's try to figure out what the root issue is here because we can dance around it all day, but guess what? It's still going to be the elephant in the room. Let's have enough grace. Let's have enough empathy to say, let's sit with this for a beat and figure out, what we need to adjust, what that adjustment looks like, or whatever the turbulence that we're feeling. Because uh, I heard someone say the day, uh, every day is going to end. But it says, you know, another saying is that every, every storm is going to run out of water, run out of rain. And so in that same concept, look, a couple of days from now, we're not even going to be thinking about this. But while we're here, it feels like a lie. It's a big emotion for us. But let's unpack it because we're going to be better for it if we unpack it. Hmm. Well, and, uh, honestly, that really gets back to empathy. Mm-hmm. And tr- trying to truly understand, like, why are you feeling this way? What are the underlying dynamics? And sometimes, believe it or not, it's got nothing to do with you. It may not even have anything to do with work. It could be my mom is sick and I'm feeling a ton of pressure because my siblings aren't pitching in, blah, 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 whatever some story is. But it, but that's true. And that's what they're actually feeling. Mm-hmm. And when you can take the time to and be available, that they trust you enough to kind of say, hey, John, here's what's really, really going on. Mm-hmm. Like, thank you for telling me. Let's figure out how to accommodate that. I can see you are under a lot of stress and it's popping out in different ways because it's going to pop out yes. some way, somehow. So I think and you use the word grace. I think that's a really great word, too. Well, we talk about we uh, the relationships. You have to have relationships to even be able to pinpoint that. I'll never forget one of my uh, professors from undergrad, Dr. Cynthia King. I was having just a rough semester. Um, I probably was having writer's block, had a paper due, and I just had to start. I just couldn't get going. And she asked me, she said, well, John, how are you? I'm not going to lie, Bob. I sat there and cried like a baby um, because I just had all these emotions built up. But she simply asked me, how are you? This was like my senior year, and I just had a bit of a breakdown. But once I got that through and she talked to me, she coached me, uh, I went home, wrote the paper, got a great grade on it. But you have to have a level of, uh, relationship um, and ability to understand and read people to know that like there's something else going on here. And so that's why I always like to make sure I'm, I'm checking in with people. I had a call with, with someone the other day and I just thought I asked like, hey, this has been great. It's like, how's your mental? How are you holding up? How, how is life treating you? Because we can always talk about work, but how is life? Mm-hmm. And? And they said they, they gave they, they said it was going well, but something something moved me to say, like, let me check in with you because you're giving yes. me this. And they said everything's going well. And I, and I take their word for it. But at least I opened the door for that person to, to maybe say something. That's, different. A, that's exactly right. Um, and, 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 and I know that you genuinely care. That is not a checkbox question. No, 
And it's not an everyday question. You, 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 when you work with people, because we spend more time probably with our coworkers than we actually do uh, awake at home with our family. So you, you understand their nonverbals. You pick up on these things. But do you have the courage to really say what's going on? And I'm not talking about work, but are you okay? And then sit back and leave room for them to respond. And then whatever they respond with, you know, if they need a resource, if they need time, or if they need, a, you know, whatever it is, how can you help them in that moment? Because we all want psychological safety. Um, and, and sometimes we get to that place of feeling that safety in a different manner, different cadence, different rhythm. But we want to make sure that people know that when they come to the workplace, we're a big part of your life. And we shouldn't have to suppress certain things because it's the workplace. Mm-hmm. If, if, we're, if we're going through life and life is life and um, how can we partner with you in that? And so that goes back to building a people first company culture. You know, yeah. we had a conversation as a department the other day and we were talking about bereavement leave and, mm-hmm. you know, it came up with looking at our policy and it's like, mm, you know, you have three days for X, Y, Z. If these people, you know, are deceased. And we're like, that sounds very transactional. Mm. That doesn't that doesn't feel like it has empathy and compassion in it. And so we're going through a study now, like, how should we phrase that? Because what we what we identified was that what it says here in this policy, it says that, but that's not actually what we do. If you've mm-hmm. had some significant moment in your life, we're going to partner with you to give you the time and the resources you need. But if you read this handbook and you read this bereavement policy on your first day, you're like, okay, well, that's just a quick transaction. And we said, so if you're only seeing it for the first time, you don't know how we're actually doing it. And so I was like, we need to make sure that when people see it for the first time, they get a feel for our people first company culture. So we're going back and looking at the language. Is it, is it, is it compassion leave? I don't, I don't know what it is and we're going to work through that, but we don't want it to feel like, Hey, if you, if you lost your mother, you get two days off of work to go take care of that. And we expect you back. Um, so it's being intentional and making sure you're looking at the languages that is the language using your policies and your manuals. How are you communicating to your employees? Because words matter. Words do matter. You know, I, I don't know if you heard during the little intro of this episode, but I was saying that we've got an innovation in the outplacement category that we call next placement. Okay. And one of the biggest losses you can go through life is losing your job. And sometimes turnover is involuntary. Sometimes it's got nothing to do with the employee. It's just business conditions, things happen, and you know, layoffs or whatever are very top of mind for a lot of people. And the insight was very much what you were just describing is these are not cells on a spreadsheet. These are real people who've got to go home tonight and say, honey, I had a really bad day at work and, and I'm afraid. I, I feel shame sometimes, I'm angry. But there's this whole grieving process that people need to go through and they're not ready to go start working on the resume tomorrow morning or networking with people. And so that's what we've tried to, to do with Next Placement is bring those mental health resources and community because that's actually what people need initially when they're going through a loss. Similarly, what you're saying, like with a bereavement policy is it's not quite that, you know, three days you're over it, move on with your life because we need you back in tax accounting. So mm-hmm. no, 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 no. And so I, I like how you said that, John, that, does our policy and the way it's worded actually reflect one, how we behave mm-hmm. and two, we want people to know that we actually do care and mm-hmm. that this isn't just some X, Y, Z, almost like the tax code, 
you know, kind of a prescription for a get over your grief. Yes. I'll tell you, when I first joined uh, NASCAR, I met with my team, you know, one-on-one sessions and I had a, a set list of questions. I just kind of touched in with people on. And I said, what was your greatest, what has been your greatest memory of your time working at NASCAR? And there was two themes that popped out. One was their experience at maybe their first Daytona 500 race, which is <laughs> mind-blowing, the, the size of it, the, the energy that takes over the entire city of Daytona Beach. Uh, but the other one consistently was how the company wrapped their arms around them in a time of need. Hmm. And that was a two thumbs up for me coming in. I, I never would have gotten that line of sight through an interview. But I'm hearing organic, real-life stories of, hey, this happened to me. And without a doubt, I never questioned uh, my, whether my job was in jeopardy, the company was mm. there for me, my manager was there for me. And so you hear those reoccurring themes, and it's like, okay, that's special. You think about what makes your organization a great place to work and a great place to be from. Th- th- those are some of the nuances that not every organization can achieve. Well, John, you're, you're nailing so many things on the head. NASCAR is super fortunate to have you. And it sounds like you know, you're super fortunate to have them as well. It sounds like a really good marriage. Uh, normally, I like to wrap these up just talking a little bit about talent. Um, when you're interviewing people, what mm-hmm. are the talent attributes that, that either you respond to really well or you're specifically trying to uncover in a candidate? Um. For me, my my philosophy in hiring is hire the attitude, train the skill. And I know that that probably applies more to um, junior entry, mid-level careers. But attitude is one of the most important things. We can teach you. We can coach you. But if you don't come to the table with just sort of that positive mindset, optimistic outlook, can-do spirit, um, that's hard to try to instill into someone. And I think even when you get to the higher levels where they have probably mastered a skill set, like, you know, they can do the job, but it's the attitude. Because then you think about what happens after, you know, a deadline that took us a long time or an audit. Like, how do we click in those moments? Is this someone I want to spend time with? Because we at this point, we know we can generally do the work. But are they people that you want to be around? And so, again, I think the root there is attitude. So hire the attitude, train the skill. Hmm. Do, do you find this is a personal thorn for me is we say that a lot of times. And then often what we'll see though, in a job wreck is tons of specific, you must have exactly this kind of stuff. And it's very hard skill, very experience based. That's less about aptitude and attitude. And, and again, I want my tax accountant to freaking know the tax laws and <laughs> to keep me in compliance. But but you're kind of this skills-based sort of approach that isn't necessarily related to a college degree, or you've got 14 years of exact experience doing this exact thing. How do you navigate kind of the compromise, if that's even the right word, for Mm -hmm. this attitude and aptitude versus, no, I kind of need you. You've done a lot of this, and that's actually what we're hiring for. Um, I, I definitely think skills-based hiring is, is important today. I don't think that you must or need to have a college degree for all roles. I think I would tell a lot of candidates, make sure you know how to articulate that story, though. Yeah. Because if you know that there's a gap between what they put on that technical list of minimum requirements, make sure that you intentionally speak to how your skill set still meets the needs and demands of that open position. 
And I would tell those that are in the hiring seat to make sure that they keep an open eye and stay curious because what you see before I see your resume through any of that is the attitude. What is their energy? What is their, what, what vibe are they bringing to the space? And I think that is what you initially almost get attracted to. And then the other stuff kind of is in the wash, but figuring out how can you tell your story? Um, you know, there's data that says that men will apply for a job and not meet half the qualifications and, uh, and, and, and women will overanalyze it and maybe not apply. I'm a firm believer, never close the door on yourself. I want you to apply for that. <laughs> make sure it makes sense. I mean, don't apply to be a general manager and you're right out of high school, but make sure it makes sense. But don't second guess yourself because as an organization, I'm, I'm giving you what we need, but there's always going to be some concessions in that. Because we may say, hey, this person has all of this, just like in life. We have strength and we have opportunities and we have weaknesses. But just but if they give us 75 percent and we just need to coach up the other 25 percent, let's take a shot here. Mm-hmm. Now, I appreciate you saying that. And, and we try and teach our clients, our members that, hey, these are almost always unicorn job, job descriptions. And if they're asking for the moon. They know they're very likely not going to get the moon. You made the point at the beginning when we were talking about transferable skills, right? You, But it's incumbent upon the candidate to really know the job description and the requirements and to create the narrative that how their background, their skills, soft and hard, you know, align with more than enough of that job. And oh, by mm-hmm. the way, I really like what you guys do and you know, all those sorts of things. And, and you made another point just there at the last minute was basically people hire people. We hire people we like mostly, right? And and do I somebody I want to be with when the going gets tough, right? We're under mm-hmm. the gun. Is this somebody I want to hang out with or not? And and so, you know, bringing that positive energy, but not being afraid. I love your expression, not closing the door on yourself. That, yeah, right, no, no. That's a good one. And, but, but, but we find, and in, in, it's an interesting statistic. I think it's men is 60% women's 85% of, of like, no, I need to at least meet this much of it. And women definitely overanalyze and, and disqualify themselves for things that they would have a very good shot at getting hired for if they could just get to the right person and, and get a shot. Yes. So I appreciate that. Um, last, last question. Furman. What's Furman's nickname again? Which the Paladins. Go Dins. What's a Paladin? Paladin is a knight on a horse. Cool. Got it. Okay. So I've definitely learned something new today for my crossword puzzle stuff. Um, what advice coming out of Furman? You talked about you did not intend to go into HR. HR kind of found you. But what advice would you give John now with the benefit of hindsight, career advice? Or I like what you said, success advice. Yes. Um, I would say flow to where the opportunities are and closed mouths don't get fed. So the flow to where the opportunities are, life isn't going to be scripted. So flow, but closed mouths don't get fed. Don't forget that you should advocate for yourself and the things that you want in life. Make sure you kind of speak it into existence. Let's manifest it. Like if you want to do something, make sure the people around you know, don't expect them to be mind readers. Closed mouths don't get fed. It, it's really interesting. We were, um, I did a webinar yesterday for a few dozen people who are job seekers. And they were like, hey, I'm, I'm getting a lot of interviews, but I'm not getting offers. Our experience is, is that people 
don't always do a great job of advocating for themselves, even in an interview. And the way that they tell the story, they sort of minimize their contribution in it. And sometimes that's, you know, under the headline of, well, I don't want to brag or, you know, that feels obnoxious. But you owe it to yourself and you honestly you owe it to the interviewer to give them enough information to help them understand what your real contribution was. Like, don't be embarrassed about that. But it's just a manifestation of that was a closed mouth. And then, therefore, I don't know enough to make a, a confident decision. I'm going to end up offering the, the opportunity potentially to somebody who just told their story better than yes. you did. And so my wife, my wife was reading a book recently. I can't remember the title, but it talks about bragalogs. And it's, it's sort of a concept of helping people under that aren't um, always comfortable with promoting themselves or, yes, exactly. or doing things. So she's like, it's a bragalog. An interview is a large and long bragalog. You should be trying to convey how you can contribute, what you have done, what your successes have been. And I always like to, to tell people sometimes that's not natural for everyone, um, but there's missed moments, even when you're not interviewing, uh, that you can be doing that. So I was at a session once and uh, I learned this tool of, the tra- uh, tool of the trade. And it says, you know, you get into these moments where there's small talk and, and people say, well, how are you? And you just say, oh, I'm fine. And you just kind of leave it there. You should start responding with, I'm excited to share. So if your CEO walks in and they're small, he's like, hey, John, how are you? I'm fine. No, I should say, I'm excited to share that um, we just completed our our engagement survey and we achieved XYZ percentage and XYZ engagement. And this was my contribution. Or I'm proud to share that my daughter just graduated from college. Mm -hmm. Like that's a moment for a quick line of sight to how you contribute, what's happening to you that you would normally just say, oh, I'm fine. Thank you for asking. Ooh, bragalog. Bragalog. That is a good one. I need to find the author of the book, but uh, (laughs) it it resonated with me. So when you have those moments, say, I'm excited to share. I'm proud to share. And tell them something that you've been doing. I'm proud to share that we had John Ferguson, the CHRO of NASCAR, on with us today. John, you, you talked about bringing energy. Right. And what's the vibe that you bring into a room? You bring positivity, uh, enthusiasm, uh, authenticity. So uh, I've really, really enjoyed getting to know you. I love your message. And it's just been a real pleasure to have you today. Hey, Bob, I appreciate you for the space and the time and the opportunity. I'm so glad we got a chance to connect at the Sherm uh, annual conference. And I look forward to partnering with you down the road. Thank you so much. We're we're going to do it. So thank you, everybody, for taking a few minutes to listen. Uh, John Ferguson's great. Hope you enjoyed this episode. And we will have uh, another exciting guest coming up for you next week. But in the meantime, John, thank you so much. And enjoy your lovely family. All right. Thank you, Bob. Take care. Thanks so much. Bye-bye.